other side of midnight. Local Spotlight. Good morrow, everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight on 77 WABC. I'm superstar Frank Morano. As is typical for the day after the general election, yesterday the annual Somos Conference kicked off in Puerto Rico. I believe the full name is Somos El Futuro. And basically, if you're not familiar with this, this is where all of New York's politicos, if not all of them, many of the connected and powerful ones get together to attend a conference, get drunk, hang out with one another, and make deals. Yesterday, for instance, we saw city council members Joe Borelli, Crystal Hudson, Camilla Hanks, Selvina Brooks-Powers, Farah Lewis, and Lincoln Wrestler, Justin Brannon, Althea Stevens, Natasha Williams, and Kevin Riley. Those are just the ones in the city council. You have state senators. You have prominent elected officials. So this year's conference is happening just a week after New York City Mayor Eric Adams saw his chief campaign fundraiser have her home raided by the FBI. So you can bet a lot of these politicians have a great deal to talk about with one another, not to mention with all the journalists that are attending that they're going to be leaking information to and all the political consultants that are attending hoping to get new clients. And one of the things that they're going to be talking about is whether or not Mayor Eric Adams gets a primary and who will be primarying him. We'll see where that goes. But the thing that I've wondered about this conference, basically, this is an opportunity for a bunch of politicians to go on vacation together and have fun. And I don't begrudge them that. It's great that they bond with their colleagues. It's great that they have some time away from the halls of governance to get to know one another. I think that's great. What I have a little bit of a problem with is that almost every one of these politicians that are attending, and I say almost because I'm assuming there's someone that might be paying their own way, but almost every Everyone that's attending is using their campaign accounts to essentially go on vacation. And I know that they'll say, and the people that attend this conference say, well, there's a work purpose to this. Yeah. I guess there is. I just wonder if the people that have made campaign contributions to all these politicians knew that part of that contribution might have gone to providing for someone's Puerto Rican vacation. Now, I say this because I've never been to Somos. Maybe if I went, I would tell you how great it was and how important this conference is. I suspect not, though. I think this is a campaign-funded way of going on vacation and goofing off. Beam me up! To be continued. The other side of midnight. Local spotlight. Good morrow, everyone. This is the other side of midnight on 77 WABC. I'm superstar Frank Morano. Do you remember about a month ago? when Mayor Eric Adams was hit with another summons for rat infestation at his Brooklyn row house. And Mayor Adams was slapped with another $300 ticket for failing to root out a rat infestation. And this new fine marked the fourth 
rat-related summons that the mayor, who absolutely hates rats, has been hit with since May of 2022 over an evidently stubborn infestation in the front yard of his four-story building on Lafayette Avenue in Bedford-Stuyvesant. This latest penalty was issued by the Department of Health on September 15th and alleged that Adams has failed to eliminate the infestation as evidenced by fresh rat droppings that were observed at front right in the garbage storage area and near the property line. The inspector also wrote that she spotted multiple rat burrows in the yard. I mean, I think it's clear based on the inspector's report that there was rats at the property and that the mayor did not adequately take care of this rat problem. Well, at the time, the mayor's office told us that the mayor was planning to challenge the ticket. Well, I have it on good authority, and this is a 77 WABC exclusive, that the latest summons, the latest rat summons the mayor was hit with, was dismissed this week by the same oath that's the agency that hears these hearings, Office of Administrative Trials and uh, Tribunals and Hearings. It was dismissed by the same administrative law judge that dismissed the first summons. Now, this is not out there yet, but how in the world, by the luck of the draw, did the mayor just happen to get the same judge that dismissed his last summons? I have a lot of questions about this. One, I would be curious if this ALJ ends up getting a promotion or some other job in city government anywhere over the next two years. That's one. Two, How many other property owners that were similarly situated have gotten two consecutive summons dismissed for rats by oath? I suspect it's very few. I have some friends that work at Oath, and I am going to be looking into this because there's something about this that just stinks, and it's not the cheese the rats are eating. Beam me up! To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. One of the very interesting election results in New York City, which I alluded to yesterday, happened in the Bronx, the 13th council district where you saw an incumbent Democrat, Marjorie Velasquez, defeated by the Republican candidate, Christy Marmorado. Now, this is incredible. This is the first time that the Bronx has elected a Republican to the city council since the late 1970s. And it's the first time the Republicans have elected anybody in any district, in any portion of the Bronx since uh, the early 2000s when Guy Valella was in office. So I had been sort of reading the tea leaves on this race and in my repeated appearances with Sid on the Katz and Cosby show and on this program, I said that I thought that Christy Marmorado, in spite of the fact that this is an overwhelmingly Democratic district, had an excellent chance of winning. Now, I was just offering analysis. I didn't have any special insight or anything like that. I just kind of saw how hard she was working and where this district was going in terms of voting trends. Well, lo and behold, I got a call yesterday that I never expected to get. It was from the new council member-elect, Christy Marmorato. And she called me, and usually when a politician calls, they have some sort of a complaint about something. But she called me and said, and I've never spoken to her before. I don't think I've ever met her before. She said to me, I just wanted to thank you 
every time you were on the radio, you said that you thought that I was going to win. And I've never, ever in my life ever been thanked for offering honest analysis on the radio. But I will tell you, it meant a lot to get the call from that new council member elect. And uh, she seems like a great lady. We had a short conversation and I told her I'm looking forward to having her on this program and meeting her in person. She struck me and impressed me about how humble she was, how grateful she was to everybody, her district, the people that worked on her campaign, and even people in the media. She was on with Sid Rosenberg yesterday and I think she really captured how hard she did work throughout this campaign. What do you think it was, Christy? Do you think it was the great campaign you ran? Do you think it was that the uh, the Bronx has had enough of Marjorie Velasquez? Combination of both. I think it was definitely a combination of both. People were just fed up with what we have as councilwoman. They were fed up with the fact that they had no longer had say of what's happening in their neighborhoods and their community. And I put a lot of work into this. I had three jobs throughout this campaign process. Number one, mother. Number two, campaigning. And three, I worked in a hospital full time. I'm wishing her the best of luck, even though I've never met her and uh, she hasn't voted on a single piece of legislation. She has a fan in me and uh, I'm rooting for her. I think she's going to be a great elected official for the next two years. Beam me up. To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. Well, how about some good news? There's always so much bad news, it seems, these days. This is something that I think is not necessarily the thing that would engender a victory lap, but a sign of progress and hopefully inspiration to keep moving. The number of homeless veterans in New York has declined by 83% over the last 12 years following an increase in federal funding to expand housing subsidies for service members. That is according to an analysis by state controller Tom DiNapoli that was released yesterday. Now, I want to give the disclaimer that they always say there's lies, damn lies, and statistics, but this strikes me as pretty hard to fake. The state had 990 veterans experiencing homelessness in 2022. That is down, are you ready, from 5,857 veterans that were homeless in this state in 2010. That is the largest decline of homeless veterans in the entire country during that same period. That's wonderful. Do you know how many homeless veterans we should have in this state? Zero. I think if you serve your country, you wear the uniform of this country, no matter whether you see combat or you don't, there should be no circumstance where someone who voluntarily puts their life on the line for our country is in a situation where they find themselves homeless. None. And I think this is a huge plus that we have significantly reduced our homeless veteran population. And I hope we can continue to move in this direction until we get down to zero. About 1% of homeless New Yorkers served in the military. That's down from 9% of the homeless population in 2010. The greatest reduction occurred between 2011 and 2016, when the number declined by 78%, largely driven by federal investments in housing subsidies. Wonderful news. Wonderful news all the way around. Let's get it down to zero. Beam me up. To be continued.